Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hey guys, I am coming to you from Ezra's Nursery, We used to have an office in here when Matt was working from home, which was kind of nice, kind of crazy, because we had to squish Ezra in the bathroom when he was taking naps, so that was always kind of awkward and kind of funny to have Ezra all squished, and then Matt was kind of taking over his nursery while he was working from home. But now that he's kind of switching jobs, he's going to be going into the office, so we are finally able to have a nursery for Ezra, which is really nice. But it is also now kind of awkward in our podcast area because we don't have a desk or we, and we don't have the other things that we normally do. So it's kind of fun just to hang out in here in his nursery. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Um, I am excited to share this episode today. So the person that I'm interviewing, her name is Sarah. And Sarah and her husband were the very first couple that Matt and I ever met when we went to our first meeting at um, the 12-step group. We sat down right next to them, and they were so nice, so welcoming, and they just made us feel really comfortable when we were there. And Sarah's husband, Jace, has been a sponsor for my husband, Matt, and Jace was so amazing for Matt's recovery. And Sarah has also been such an amazing support to me as I have been healing and I've loved seeing her at the meetings and always hearing so much of her wisdom. So I'm excited to have you all hear her story. And she kind of offers a unique perspective and I'll let her kind of tell you about that. But she kind of likes to say that she has a unique perspective um, about the program and about recovery. But she has been going through the program for a long time and is a facilitator and a support person to a lot of other women who are struggling with similar issues. So I hope you really enjoy hearing her story and hearing more about the things that she's learned on her own journey. So thanks so much for listening. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Katie? Good. Thanks. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your story. Your story is unique and special in its own way. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So Sarah, why don't you start by telling a little bit about yourself? Just me. Well, I was uh, born in Aurora, Colorado. Well, I was actually born in California, but I lived most of my life in Aurora, Colorado and um, really small town, really it's actually a big town, but small LDS population. So I was a very one of the very few members of my church there, and um, I feel like I grew up very naive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I lived in an area that was full of like gangs and drugs and things, my parents oh, really? did a really great job of like sheltering me. That's and even funny. my friends at school would like come to school like and talk about their crazy weekend that they yeah. had. But they were always very sweet about it and just like, oh, don't worry about Sarah. You don't want to hear this part or whatever. Oh. And, 
<laughs> so I, I feel like um, I went into my marriage kind of naive too, yeah. just not realizing a lot of the things that comes with life. So. Right. Yeah. That's cute. I love that. And you have four children. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have three boys um, and a girl. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, my girl's my oldest, and she's pretty awesome, and she keeps asking for a sister, but I don't know that that's going to oh, happen. That's so cute. I feel like every girl, especially with only brothers, wants a sister. So much yeah, pressure on you guys, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cute. How have your kids been affected by COVID? Like, are they doing homeschool or reduced school schedule, or what? what's that been like for you guys? It's messed with them a little bit, but thankfully we live in an area that's tried really hard to make life as normal as possible. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. So they got to go back to school pretty early on, and it's been just really wonderful for them. For the few times that they couldn't go to school because maybe there was a possible exposure or something, mm-hmm. um, they did school online, which they did not like, and I didn't yeah. like either. Yeah, no one likes it. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing really great with school and they're not, they're not too freaked. I mean, every once in a while, my son got sick with a cold a little while back and, oh, and uh-huh. I was crying and he said, I just, I just don't want COVID. Oh, <laughs> just so scared about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, That's you know, I'm help them feel normal and help them know that no matter what, they're going to be okay. They're yeah. got good doctors. So That's cute. Well, I'm sure you're doing a great job with that. <laughs> that's cute well what do you like to do kind of I mean I know as a mom you probably don't have a ton of free time because you have so many things going on but what do you like to do hobby wise outside of your kids or your family okay so I really love writing and um I used to be in a writing group where a bunch of sisters we would all get together and we'd pick a writing prompt and then we'd write about it over the week and then the next week we'd share about it and it was really awesome and it really inspired me to um, write down a lot of other things, such as uh-huh. my husband's recovery. Uh-huh. Um, so just recording that was really eye-opening and recognizing, like when you were talking to me about coming on the podcast, I thought, you know what, I need to go back and read that and just kind of refresh and see yeah. all the different things that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is kind of hard, at least for me, like my husband has been sober for an extended period of time. Your husband's been sober for even longer. Sometimes it's hard to go back and remember just exactly what that was like for me yeah. and kind of think about the details and what I was feeling at that time and how difficult it was or, you know, everything that comes along with recovery and with addiction and stuff. So it might have been the same for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that you were able to find some, you know, some do some hobbies and write and stuff outside of being a mom because you are so busy and have a lot going on. It's really nice. It's a good relief. Yeah, I bet. That's really cool. Well, that's so great. Thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself. So for the listeners out there, I actually have known Sarah for a few years. She was actually the first, I think she and her husband were the first people that my husband and I met when we went into the 12-step meeting. I don't know that you would remember that, Sarah, but <laughs> yeah, we, we came yeah. in and we sat down right next to them and they were just so cute. And I could just tell, I just felt how much you guys loved each other and you just seemed like so confident there, you know, like 
for me going in there, I was so nervous. It was our first time. I was like, what's this going to be like? And just seeing like a very normal married couple sitting next to each other. It looks like you guys were experienced. You shared about your kids. And that was just so special to me. You guys made it feel so welcoming and inviting and you just put me right at ease. So you were, you were so nice. So I've been, I've been excited to interview you and hear a little bit more about your own journey and how you got to be where you were when I first met you. Um, but Sarah's story is a little bit, she says it's somewhat unusual compared to some other women's story, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit unique. So I would love to hear you talk about that. Awesome. Thanks. Well, I guess what's most unique about my story is that I feel like the process I went through is very different than a lot of the, the process that a lot of other um, spouses have gone through with their support. Mm-hmm. So my husband told me about his addiction when we were about six months married. And I honestly don't remember that conversation. I, I don't remember him telling me about it. I knew about it. And I remember times when he'd say, hey, you know, I'd like to go to a meeting this week or mm-hmm. something like that. But when my husband told me about his addiction, his addiction, I was under the impression that this was something that he had basically already overcome, Mm. you know, that he was just starting to struggle with it a little more now that he'd been home from his mission for a while. Now that we'd been married for a while, it was starting to surface a little bit. So I was under the impression that it wasn't a big deal. He got over it before he'll get over it again. No, no problem. So I didn't really take it seriously for a long time. I just kind of, you know, every once in a while he would say, you know, I'm struggling. I think I'm going to go to a meeting this week. And I'd say, great, that's awesome. And we did this for a few years for, um, I think almost five years. We just Mm kind of waffled back and forth between, you know, Jay saying, I'm going to recover. I'm going to get better. And me going, no big deal. You've got this. Yeah. Like it's fine. I'm not worried. Go hubby, you know? (laughs) I think that's where I differ, differ from a lot of women because uh-huh. I, I remember a lot of women sharing their stories and about how they felt just so hurt and just mm-hmm. so like, how could he do this? How could this be such a problem? And I went into it knowing that this had nothing to do with me, that this was something that he dealt with long before he met me and that he had, you know, worked on it and mm-hmm. that I had confidence that he could get over it again. Um, so it took a while until finally... Jay sat me down one day and he said, you know what? This isn't working. (laughs) I got to do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when it became a little more real to me. He started recommending that I go to support meetings. And I was like, I don't need to go to support meetings. I'm fine. fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm buckling down. I'm going to do the 12 steps. I'm going to get a support. Uh, a sponsor that's what it's called (laughs) a sponsor he says I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do this and I'm gonna go every single week and and I was just so proud of him and I cheered him on and every once in a while I went to a support meeting and it was always really beautiful it was really sweet I felt Mm -hmm. the spirit but I never felt like I fit in there I just felt so a lot of these women came and they just told about how heartbroken they were and how hard this was. And I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand why, like, what's wrong with me? Like, that what's I wrong? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, shouldn't I be feeling upset about this? Shouldn't uh-huh. I be reacting more? Is there something wrong with me? And talking to my husband about this, he goes, I just think 
you have a really good mindset about this. I think it's okay. You know, I mean, you're not badly. So that's gotta be good, right? I was wondering, like, do you feel like it was more just kind of your personality? That's just kind of how you deal with things in your life? Or do you feel like it had to do a lot with your husband or what made that different for you than other women? Do you think? Uh, Probably both. I think mostly that my husband was so, so eager. He was so eager to fix it. Right. Yeah. He just can't, he was always very concerned about how I felt. He always just wanted to make sure I was okay, but he was always pushing forward and always saying like, I'm going to fix this. This is going to happen. And he would tell me if he needed anything from me and he would ask for my advice. And we had very open communication about the whole thing. I never had to worry that he was going behind my back because he was just 100% honest whenever he had a problem. So that was incredibly helpful to me where I didn't feel like there was a trust problem. You know, I recognized that his, his addiction came because of difficult things that was happening in his life. And this was how he handled them. Mm-hmm. And he was working to fix that. So I think mostly it was him. I think maybe it partly could have been that, I, <laughs> that I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, life is going to happen and no big deal. We'll just yeah. deal with it as it comes, you uh-huh. know? Um, I like to think of that way a lot. Sometimes I'm not, but (laughs) I'm sure it helps. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, that's so fortunate. I'm glad that that was your experience in those things that you weren't super worried or super heartbroken. Like those other women had been, you know, Mm -hmm. that's really great that you and your husband had that communication and that you felt you could trust him so much. Yeah. It helped a lot. It did. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I would say is the big turning point was when, well, probably two big turning points. One was when my husband came home from a support meeting and he said, I have great news. He said, I heard that they're starting to do a combined meeting for both men and women. And he goes, we can go together. And I just knew in that moment, like, this is special. Okay, this is special. I can get behind this because all I knew was that I wanted to support my husband. Or I didn't feel like I was supporting him in my group, you know. But if yeah. I could go with him and hear what he's saying and recognize the things that he's working on, maybe I could help more, you know. Mm-hmm. And plus, it came with free babysitting. So, huzzah! Yeah. You're like kind of a nice little break on every Sunday <laughs> So much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what I discovered in these meetings was that I fit in all of a sudden. I felt like this huge shift. It wasn't just me going there and feeling different. It was me watching these brothers and sisters who had the same story. These sisters had the same story Mm -hmm. of feeling heartbroken, of feeling betrayed, of, you know, really, really struggling. But while they were saying this, they were holding their husband's hands and their husbands had their hands on their wife's shoulders you know, comforting them and looking at them with such love and protection and this recognition that they were working together. Even though they knew that their spouses were hurting, all they wanted to do was to fix it. And to me, it was this show of support. This, it was the perfect example of what we should be doing as husband and wife is supporting each other in each other's trials and lifting one another up. And I knew that this was going to work, that this program, this, them working together, that was going to work. These other sisters, I hoped and prayed that, you know, that they were getting through with their husbands. I know that it was so hard, but to see them together, like 
it just struck a chord with me. Like, this is the way God intended. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to get through this. This is going to work. That is so sweet. I had a very similar experience when, I mean, the first time that I went and every time since then, it feels so right to be there next to my husband and also seeing all those other couples. It's such a powerful experience every single time I go. It just seems like it never loses its effect. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. It's really, really sweet. So you kind of said that that was a turning point. Was it a turning point for you or for Jace or just as a couple? For both of us, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it really helped um, set Jace on the right path towards um, his recovery. He had to reach a few more steps before um, he reached full sobriety. Mm -hmm. He came to the conclusion that he needed to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the final thing, the final, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. But it did. It it Uh worked. And um, everything that he learned from from his sessions there and everything he learned in the 12-step program, he continues to apply them daily. And every time he struggles, he's quick to tell me. And um, he applies everything he learns. And he hasn't had a problem. I think it's been four years now. Wow. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you. It is wonderful. And I'm just so proud of him and all of his hard work. And for me, it, it really helped to feel this connection with my husband. I do remember one point where my husband came to tell me he had relapsed again. And this was about maybe a year before he finally became sober, sober, Mm -hmm. but he came to tell me and he sat down and told me, and it was in that moment where I felt very deep heartache where, um, it actually kind of hurt. (laughs) It hurt a little bit Mm -hmm. for my husband to tell me that. And in that moment, I was able to see what these other women had felt this whole time that every time their husbands came and told them it hurt their hearts. And I was very grateful for that moment because God let me see into the lives of these other women that I was interacting with. Oh, yeah. and loved. Uh-huh. It was a beautiful moment. Um, and most of that heartache came because my husband was trying so hard and he felt like he had failed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it broke my heart to see that. But I also recognized, you know, this is how, this is how other people feel and that. Yeah. <laughs> that's gotta be so hard to go through this Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was very grateful for that moment. And, um, and I guess the next, the last big moment that came for us was when um, the missionaries in the support group came to us. Well, they went to Jace and said, Hey, Jace, would you like to be a facilitator? And he said, yeah. And he came and told me and he was so excited. And I was I learned a lot by being a facilitator. It, um, like I said, I had that those moments where I was able to connect with these women, mm-hmm. where I was able to say, "Hey, I know how that feels," and yeah. I was able to say, "This is something that I experienced too," and it was really awesome and really helpful, and I loved it so so much. So that's probably, I mean, unfortunately, COVID hit and we stopped going to meetings, and that's yeah. been just a sad thing to feel like we haven't been able to have that where we did before. Yeah. Yeah. For us too, it's been hard. We've been trying to do the call-in meetings and of course we enjoy those, but it's not quite like going to the ones in person, at least for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard. That's a really sweet experience though. I love that you shared that, um, about having that moment feeling kind of 
the way that other women have felt or the way that they've described before. And I think you're right. Like, I think that was probably just a gift from Heavenly Father, unfortunately, that you had to feel that hurt, but that you were able to understand women better. And I think that's one, from what I've seen, from what I know of you, that's one of your greatest strengths is having the strength and the ability to support and help and encourage other women who are going through similar experiences as you. And so I just wanted to ask you, what has that been like as you've connected with different women who have come to you and asked you for help? So um, I just had an experience recently where one of the sisters I was texting back and forth with, um, and she sometimes would text me asking like, hey, how do you, how do you handle this kind of situation? Or what do you say in this kind of situation? And um, I really appreciated her, you know, asking, but a lot of time I felt like, oh my goodness, you would know better than I, because she's just this wonderful, happy, hopeful kind of woman who just loves her husband and just, she has pure faith in him. And I can tell that she, she hurts too, but she's, she just knows that her husband can do it. Um, so after a few times of sending her some advice, um, we kind of lost contact after a while, especially with COVID things come and go. Um, but a few months later, actually several months later, um, she sent me a text message out of the blue and she said, you know, I was just struggling with some things and I was going through my old messages and I found that last message you sent me. And she said, it was such a blessing to have that and to look back and to know, look, I have these tools. I have people that know what I'm going through. And that was so nice to get that message from her. It just felt so good to have someone say, thank you for sending that, even though it was months and months ago. It made an impact. That was really nice. That is so cool. It always feels so good to feel like you've made an impact, especially when you think that you probably aren't. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so cool. I love that. So what do you think just from your experience and in your own opinion, what do you think are some ways that women can help and support other women, especially kind of when they're maybe newer to the program or newer to the whole addiction and recovery process? What are some things that you've seen or had other people help you with? The thing that helped me the most was having someone to talk to, just having someone to listen to. I ended up talking to my mom about this a lot. She hasn't really dealt with, you know, addiction or anything like that, but, but having her to say, Hey mom, I just need to tell you how I'm feeling. That was so huge for me. Uh So then when I um, started facilitating, there were so many times where someone said, you know what? I just need to tell you how I'm feeling. And then it helps a lot, especially if the person could say, I know that feeling, yeah. I get <laughs> yeah. it, you know, uh-huh. we're on the same page, you know, that feels so amazing. It's so bolstering for women, I think, to recognize that they are not alone and that they can talk to somebody about it if they need to talk about it. Totally. Well, you are such a good person to do that with. You're so validating and so understanding. I just know that you have blessed so many women's lives. Yeah. You and your husband are amazing. And I was going to say your husband has blessed my husband's life so much. um, Matt's facilitator for several years. So that was really, really helpful for Matt and his recovery. And that was a really big blessing to our relationship and 
you know, in our own recovery journey as well. So that is so good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, you two are just such great examples. And I know that Matt and I really look up to you guys and the other couples do as well. You guys Thank you. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, kind of going along with that, talking about the connection that you felt like you needed sometimes and how other women feel like they need that connection too. You kind of mentioned your favorite step in the support, or I always forget what it's called, the spouse and support guide, um, is step six, which was thy friends do support thee. I just wanted to hear some of your thoughts about that. What was so meaningful to you when you were going through that principle? Um, the most meaningful thing was to recognize that I needed support. For the longest time, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to support my husband and he'll get through this and I'll be fine. And mm-hmm. I don't need it. You know, that's what I was saying. Going to the to the women's support groups, like I didn't really feel like I needed it. Yeah, but it was, yeah, uh-huh. but it wasn't until I recognized that everybody needs support. It doesn't matter what position you're in. If you're, if you're the one who's going through recovery or if you're the one who's helping someone go through recovery, the stress is still there. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that I still needed someone, <laughs> it was a huge breakthrough for me to recognize that because I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. This was my husband's secret or whatever he wanted it to be. You know, if he needed to, to if he wanted to tell somebody then he could do that. But I felt like I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It was really helpful when really early on, my husband went to my parents to tell them about it. That was part of his recovery process was telling more people about it. Um, so that was really helpful, but still just my mom for the longest time was really hard, you know, mm-hmm. and my neighbor would say, you know, Sunday afternoon, they'd say, Hey, what are you guys doing this afternoon? And I'd say, Oh, well, I got to go to this meeting and try to be vague. But then, uh, you know, somebody always says, Oh, what kind of meeting? Oh man. And you're like, um, exactly. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had to talk to my husband about that and we had to make a decision, you know, what do we tell people when they ask? And thankfully, he got to the point where he said, you know what? You tell them the truth. You tell them where we're going because it's so empowering for people to know. And people need to know that this is something we can talk about and that we don't hide and we don't keep it behind closed right. doors. Right. Yeah. I love that you recognize that even you um, support and connection, even though you were kind of saying, oh, I'm okay. Like this isn't as hard for me as it maybe is for some other women, or I'm not as worried about it as maybe some other women are, but you still needed that connection and support with people. Mm -hmm. That is a really good lesson and something that I feel like I wish I would have learned early on in my journey as well. I was different for me where it was so painful and what I did feel so betrayed so often but I am generally a pretty independent person. So I felt like, oh, I'm fine. Like I just, I can take care of this myself or my husband is there to support me. But I wish that I had reached out to more people and gotten more help. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you were able to recognize that and learn that too for yourself. Thanks. Yeah, it was really, really helpful. Yeah, I bet. Uh, well, I also just wanted to ask you, about your kids so you have four kids and from what a lot of women will ask me so Matt and I have two kids I don't know if you knew that we had another baby yeah exactly so we have we have a little baby he's about three months old 
And a lot of women, when I'm talking to them about my journey and my process and addiction recovery, they ask me, they're usually kind of earlier on in their marriage, maybe don't have kids. And they say, well, why did you have kids with him? Like Matt was lying to you or Matt has an addiction. How did you know it was right for you to have kids? And that is something that was on my mind a lot during those years when you're kind of trying to decide whether to have another baby and how serious was his addiction, things like that. If you wouldn't mind sharing, kind of talk me through that. How was that for you deciding to have kids or when to have kids? Did it affect you really or not? Uh, Not really. Um, Well, like I said earlier, Jace was very open. We had a lot of trust in our relationship. So it was really easy um, to make decisions with him because that part of our lives, we basically had to separate from the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. This part is just something that we deal with separately. It doesn't affect um, our our kids, basically. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect us, our love for each other, and it doesn't affect our children. Mm -hmm. So being able to separate the two was very, very helpful. And we always knew that no matter what, um, we just knew that we were going to have a big family. We're going to have kids and they were going to, you know, they were going to come. And, and I was very adamant about having them sooner rather than later, you know, let's enjoy them now while I have the energy. (laughs) And then later when I don't, you know, they <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so, really good advice. I really like that. Yeah, it was it was really helpful for us to just to just kind of say, you know what, this is a problem, but it's separate. It doesn't affect how we love each other, and it doesn't affect our children. Mm-hmm. You know, we take care of what we need to take care of, and we trust in the Lord mm-hmm. because we firmly believe that the Lord isn't going to give us more than we can handle without His help. Mm-hmm. Like. If he believes, if we felt like we needed to have a kid, we were going to have one because then that, you know, then we needed to trust. Okay, Heavenly Father, if you're going to give us a kid, then we need you to help us get through this because this is hard, you know, and going through this and having another one is going to be really hard. And it was hard, but it was so worth it. Mm -hmm. That's such good advice. And especially when it sounds like you and Jace did have so much trust in your relationship, it was a safe place for you guys to be talking about that and to decide to have kids, whereas other people might not have made that same decision if it wasn't as safe of a relationship. So that's really wonderful that you guys had such a close relationship with each other. Yeah, it's really unique what we had, you know, during, during his recovery. It just, I know that is unique. I saw a few couples who would come in, usually engaged, you know, not many, but sometimes an engaged couple would come in and you could tell from the start, they're like, we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And they did. They worked through it. They got married. They did what they needed to do to get through. And it was so amazing to watch. And it wasn't the case with everyone, but you can tell the couples that come into these groups together are there to work through it together. Right. Um, that, I think that just makes such a huge difference. Yes, definitely. I agree. Kind of along that note, I just also wanted to ask you if you could think of one piece of advice for a couple who's maybe on the earlier stages of addiction and recovery, what advice would you give them? Either from like the woman's perspective or just from the couple? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> or you can give two or whatever. <laughs> or like a hundred. Yeah. Oh, um trust in each other and trust in God, you know, it's, it is going to be one of the hardest things 
that you're going to do. Okay, this is one of my favorite stories. So that night that I told you about where I just felt really heartbroken, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking that night and wondering, are we ever going to get through this? Is this ever going to be over? Or are we going to have to deal with this our entire lives? Mm -hmm. And that was so painful in that moment to think, we're going to have to do this forever, aren't we? And it felt so disheartening and so sad. Well, years later, Jace had been sober for well over a year. We were facilitating in the group. And one night we were driving home from a wonderful meeting. We were talking about the different things we learned. We were talking about the wonderful people that we knew and that we loved. And in that moment, I remember feeling my heart just full of joy and gratitude and thinking, this never has to be over. We get to do this forever. Like we get to tell, talk to people about this. We get to continue to work on this program for forever. And that was the most hopeful feeling in the world. We even talked about, I said, Jace, what about our mission? Could we go on a mission and be like those missionary couples and support groups? And could we do this? And he said, yes, we totally could. And that was so exciting to look back on where we had come from this completely hopeless, I'm going to have to do this forever, to this completely hopeful, I get to do this. And I get to talk to people about this. And I get to help you through this. That shift is the most beautiful thing that you can experience. So trust in yourselves and trust in God. Because right now it might feel like you might feel completely hopeless and you might feel like this is never going to get better and it's going to be so hard and it's going to be a long road. Yes, it is. But let me tell you that the light on the other side is the most beautiful light and you and your spouse are going to be better because of this. Your relationship is going to be more open and honest and beautiful. And a lot of people don't have that in their relationships. Just think of what you can be building. So I know, I know it's so hard, but trust in yourself and trust in God. I love that, Sarah. Thank you. I think that is such good advice. And even though you maybe did have kind of a unique experience in those ways, I know that it was still difficult for you and for Jace. And even though you maybe didn't have all those other feelings that some women have, you still were probably really stressed. You were still probably overwhelmed with the aspect of having to do it for the rest of your life. And there were probably a lot of things that were difficult for you to manage, but I just love that it seems like you brought God into that space with you and used him, used Jesus Christ to help you get to where you are now. You, you couldn't have done that without them. And I could really tell that you did exactly what you gave your advice about to trust in God and to trust in your husband. And that is just so beautiful for me to see that and to see that Jace has been sober, you say about four years. Mm-hmm, I think so. It's just so wonderful and how worth it it is to put in that hard work and that effort to get out and be on the other side with so much light and so much hope. And that's exactly what you and Jace are. And I just love that so much. Oh, thank you so much. We are very, very blessed to have the 12 step program in our lives. It's incredible. The number of things that we can learn from that program. I mean, I haven't gone through every step of the 12 step program, but going to the meetings and listening to every step and reading through them all is just such an incredible learning experience. Mm -hmm. 
for me too. I really love it. And it's really incredible to me that you and Jace have stuck around this whole time. There are a lot of people and I mean, it's okay. I know lives get busy, but it is just such a blessing to see you and Jace go every single week. And you were there to greet us our first time. And Jace had been sober. You'd been in the program for several years and you were just sticking around. And now your calling is to help other people get through that too. And so that's just been really incredible for us to see that. And you guys have been such a great example. So I'm glad that the program has blessed your life. It's blessed our life. And you guys have blessed our life as well. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. You guys are amazing. And I'm just, uh, all of my fond memories from ARP group are (laughs) you guys and, you know, just hanging out afterwards and talking that is just- so fun I know it was so fun I love that hopefully we can get back to that soon yeah I yeah. It. yeah well thank you so much Sarah for coming on the podcast it was so great to hear your story and hear more about your journey and I just admire you so much thanks for being willing to share those things with us thank you so much for listening we would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.